Varel and I had put aside today to discuss tonight's much-anticipated series opener between the Boston Celtics and the Toronto Raptors. But last night, something monumental happened within the league. Starting with the Milwaukee Bucks, all the six playoff teams which were meant to play last night boycotted or striked, as someone put it, in protest at the police shooting of Jacob Blake. Now today we're going to do a special episode. We're going to give, each podcast host will give our own views on the situations, the ramifications that will come from it. And of course we do not necessarily endorse the others. These are our personal, personal views. Now, Sean Doolittle is a baseball pitcher for the Washington Nationals. Last month, he said something extremely poignant that sports are the reward of a functional society. Now, it's believed, of course, he was mainly talking about the pandemic, but we can also apply this, of course, to social and racial injustice, which objectively is rife in the United States. It's interesting that the players have taken the step that Kyrie Irving suggested back in June. Now, say what you want about Kyrie and all of his shenanigans, but he appears to have been proven right on this. On a call with players back in June, he said, I don't support going into Orlando. I'm not with the systematic racism and the BS. Something smells a little fishy. He also said that he's willing to give up everything for social and racial reform. He wasn't well supported in this call, and I guess within the higher echelons of the league as well, because of course the league started up late last month and the majority of players backed it. Uh, At the time, Houston Rockets guard Austin Rivers wrote, I love Kyrie's passion towards helping the movement. I'm with it, but in the right way, and not at the cost of the whole NBA and players' careers. We can do both. We can play and we can help the change the way black lives are lived. Cancelling or boycotting a return doesn't do that, in my opinion. Guys want to play and provide and help change. And this is the key thing. Throughout the season restart so far, players have been wearing messages of supports for the Black Lives Matter movement, for racial and social injustice in general, on the back of their jerseys. They've been kneeling during the anthem. They've been making big, making big shows of support visibly in front of millions of viewers. But as the Jacob Blake situation showed, it doesn't necessarily work. You need something perhaps like Kyrie suggested, something more radical, something that actually shows that you are serious and that you will not carry on pretending to have a functional society just so that you can fulfill your contract. Now, at the time of recording, news has just come through that the NBA's players have now decided to resume the playoffs. Of course, last night you may have heard that both the Lakers and the Clippers were against resuming the season at all. But it's likely that by this weekend, games will resume. But make no bows about it. This was a huge moment in the NBA. It showed the power of the player union, of course, led by the outspoken Chris Paul. And it really gave an indicator that, you know, 
200 or so sports players, uh, you know, staff members, referees who also uh, did a march in support of the players, they can flip the world. They have the power to do so together. And the point is, we are talking about this now. There's a lot of people who said, this won't change anything. But we're not talking about Jason Tatum against Pascal Siakam right now. We're talking about this movement. We're talking about why we all need to care. And those are my thoughts on the subject. I'm going to pass over to Varel, who will give his own thoughts and his own thoughts only. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to our listeners. Today, we come to you with a special episode of the podcast. We're recording this on the day after the Milwaukee Bucks announced that they would be foregoing their match against the Orlando Magic, and the NBA decided to follow suit and to suspend the following two games on the same day. If you guys follow NBA basketball to any degree, which I'm sure most of you do since you you know follow this podcast, you probably have heard that there have been meetings between the different teams, the owners and the players about the situation moving forward. And as of right now, it seems as if the playoffs are in the balance, whether or not they will go ahead. So it's been reported that both the Lakers and Clippers have stated that they no longer want to move ahead with the playoffs and of course this is very significant given these are the two title championship contenders in this postseason. The reason this is so significant is because a large reason as to why this bubble and these playoffs are even going ahead in the first place is because a lot of teams decided to follow LeBron's lead uh, in choosing to play in the playoffs. Of course there are players like Kyrie Irving or other players who decided to sit out this postseason due to you know, a combination of the virus, but also uh, due to uh, all the race problems that are occurring in the US at the moment. And so the fact that these two organisations are potentially deciding to sit out makes it seem as though the playoffs are probably not going to take place. One of the biggest demands LeBron James has is that he wants the owners to do something tangible, to make a real impact and change. Of course, the owners have already pledged in the next 10 years to donate $300 million to uh, black economic initiatives, but uh, LeBron wants them to take it further. And indeed, a lot of these owners, they do have the money and the influence to uh, potentially impact legislators uh, senators in the US, uh, they they would have these contacts. And so um, player-friendly owners such as Steve Ballmer, for example, who's also worth over $50 billion. Of course, he was, I think he was the ex-CEO of Microsoft. Uh, so these are the kind of people who own these teams and he's calling on those uh, men and women who own these teams to do everything in their power to make a difference. Now, for the rest of this, I'm kind of going to give my own opinion on, on all of this because, quite frankly, this is this is all shit. Like, discrimination, racism, um, they've plagued humanity from the start. 
of time from the start of civilization 7,000, 8,000 years ago, I actually wrote a, a piece on discrimination um, as part of a role I had uh, a year and a half ago. And I actually looked at it uh, from like a sociological and biological perspective. So I looked at whether discrimination, for example, whether it's potentially encoded with our, within our genes, within our genetics. There is very limited evidence for this, for example, because there is a phenomenon that has been uh, demonstrated in quite a few experiments called parochialism. And this basically consists of the members of your own group slash tribe um, are favoured over non-members. Uh, and to give an example of an experiment, um, volunteers were asked to give rewards and punishments to different people, basically. Um, members, for example, of their own race or um, their particular tribe or group versus, you know, rewarding and punishment, punishing outsiders. And many of these experiments have found that uh, we tend to favour those of us or those people that come from our own background slash our own tribe. This has been evidenced both in, you know, animal and human studies. And so, uh, you know, that's part of the theory. People have guessed that, you know, this is a behaviour that's been learned by us. And the fact that, like, you know, potentially discrimination is a behaviour that's been learned suggests that in the past, it was perhaps a behaviour that was favourable in some way. And this, for this, we have to go way back. Like, this is when we're hunter-gatherers, before their civilization and all that stuff. Um, it's been suggested that the reason that was the case is because there was all this inter-tribal conflict and um, constant, for example, raiding parties between different groups. And so then there needed to be this spirit of animosity towards people that weren't from your tribe. Otherwise... Uh, potentially you would have all your resources and also women um, stolen from you. Uh, and to be clear, this is, of course, during a time where um, a lot of these hunter-gatherer groups were uh, male-dominated uh, structures. So, yeah, that's kind of like some of the theories to why it might have come about and um, why have I talked about this? The important thing is to understand that this behaviour has been with us for a long time. So I want to say like there needs to be a little bit of understanding when people display these kind of thoughts because it's not like this came about yesterday. Um, it's been around here, like I said, for thousands of years. And so uh, I was never under an illusion that, you know, this is suddenly going to switch overnight despite the outpouring of empathy and sympathy for people who've been afflicted by discrimination. Whatever measures are taken, this problem, this like disease, to be honest, is not going to be solved uh, within the next year, within the next two years, in the next decade. I wouldn't think I'd be pessimistic in saying that it's likely that racism in some form or discrimination will exist uh, during the whole of my lifetime, at least until I die, maybe hopefully that's in like 60, 70 years. So um, it's important to understand, I think this is going to be like a long battle slash fight. But 
to also understand that, you know, people who don't see it that way, and for example, who may think one race or group is superior to another, rather than to say, like, oh, fuck those people, oh, they need to die, all this stuff, like, you're not going to change people's behaviour by essentially just silencing them. Yes, things like hate speech are obviously uh, disgusting. They have really detrimental impacts on people's mental health. Um, But at the same time, I believe we should be able to have a forum where at least people are allowed to express these ideas in as, I'm going to say, in as non-vile a manner as possible. But to be honest, like (laughs) most racist remarks are pretty, you know, are pretty disgusting. Um, But at least, yeah, just, like, for there not to be, like, a crusade to say, you know, hashtag cancel. Like, I hate this fucking cancel culture because, like, rather than teaching people or um, enabling people to better themselves, giving them the tools to do so, it's just like, no, this person doesn't deserve to live. Like, they don't deserve to have a job. They don't deserve to have a family. We just need to get rid of them. Um, It's kind of how our prison system is also run at the moment people aren't allowed to make mistakes uh, as soon as they make a mistake that's it it's uh, it's over for them maybe it's due to i don't know this lack of empathy maybe it's due to the fact that we're really overpopulated at the moment uh, and there's a lot of overcrowding um so uh, there's a lot of people fighting over a few a few and fewer number of jobs of course because of the pandemic and so maybe people uh i don't know are happy to see other people's downfall because they see a potential opportunity for themselves. I don't know. I, I don't know why this is the case, but it seems like in the last 20, 30 years, uh, especially in the last five to 10 years with um, uh, all this social justice stuff that's going around, which I'm definitely an advocate of, but I just don't like the way in some people approach it. It's like I said, um, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but it's about trying to understand these people, not trying to uh, eviscerate them. Bringing this back to the topic of sports, I can understand the argument people make that um, sports should be apolitical. It shouldn't be a politicised forum. I understand that. It's there for entertainment and enjoyment. But the counter-argument I would make, and this is the position I hold, is that life isn't about fun. Well, <laughs> well, I'm sure other people would disagree with that position. But look, life's not just fun, you know? It's not just about playing games and, like, having a laugh like there there are a lot there's a lot of serious really negative shit going on in the world and sometimes when that stuff is happening it's it's a little bit inappropriate to just pretend as if it's not occurring by you know in as weird as it sounds uh enjoying yourself act, acting and behaving as if everything is normal and these players are well aware of the fact that if they suddenly stop playing then a much bigger spotlight is going to be shone on this issue. People aren't going to be distracted by, you know, exciting overtime games between the Nuggets and the Jazz. Like, since they don't have that source of, or since they are no longer focusing their attention on these games, they're going to look at, oh, why are these players taking a stand for this? Oh, it's for this issue. It's for... um it's not just black people's rights in the US. I would argue it's, you know, it's about um, ethnic minority groups around the world. Um, I'm sure the players would agree with that. It's, it's not just about 
black people's lives in the US. That's the focal point at the moment. But like the overall goal should be not just for ethnic minorities uh, rights around the world. No, I take this a step. It's a fight against discrimination in every form, like gender, sexuality, race, whatever. It's all of it. Um, yeah, uh, I'm really happy with what the NBA players did. Like, uh, that's all. I, that's all I can say. Um, like I said, this is all shit. All this fucking discrimination, racism. It's all fucking shit. Uh, hopefully, you know, like it'll improve. It'll get better. But uh, kind of just ending this on a positive tone as well. Like, yes, if there's shit stuff happening, like we do need to pay attention to it and be aware of it. And if if it needs to be the case, we need to, to fight for those things. But also, it shouldn't completely preclude enjoying yourself. And um, despite what I said about uh, losing the NBA as an entertainment source, potentially being a good... It doesn't mean that we as normal, average human beings, you know, can't make the best out of our situations currently. Um, yeah, just... Anything, anything that's political or uh, stuff, anything that's kind of falls within this realm, I would just say, look, read about it, learn about it. If you want to stand up for it and speak about it, go for it. But also at the same time, live your own life as well. Don't become completely wrapped up uh, in this stuff. Um, because if you're happy and healthy, you're much more likely to be able to stand up for again, any of this stuff uh, in the long term, you know, you're not going to burn out or um, almost lose a piece of your humanity by become, becoming so absorbed in this, you still try and enjoy your life, try and live your life to the best of your ability, but also keep a passion about these kind of I don't want to sound like I'm preaching, I've, I've spoken for a while now and uh, we do try and avoid becoming too political on this podcast, we did speak about uh, Kobe's death when it happened at the time um, I think that's the only other time that we really uh, this podcast became political in nature at any point um, you know we do do this for fun and for you guys to just have a listen about basketball like but similar to the attitudes of the NBA players like when this kind of shit happens when it's something as gargantuan and as uh, important as this like yeah, we might use a podcast every now and then to just voice our own opinion. And uh, whether you guys disagree or agree, I don't really care. Um, just want to give you guys something interesting to think about. And uh, yeah, that's it really. <laughs>